The final section of Parshat Shemini deals with the laws of kashrut, permitted and prohibited foods. It lists the characteristics of kosher animals, birds, fish, and locusts. The section concludes with the following pesukim. Ki, this is Perek Yud Aleph, Pasuk Mem Hey, Ki Ani Adonai Hama'ale Etchem Me'eretz Mitzrayim, Liot Lachem Elohim, V'yitem Kedoshim Ki Kadosh Ani. For I am Hashem who, it's commonly translated as brought you up, but it literally means who elevated you from the land of Egypt. To be uh, your God, and you will be holy. For I am holy or distinct. This is the Torah, the law regarding animals and birds and all living things that move in the water and all creatures that uh, that creep upon the earth. To distinguish between what is, sometimes this is Tame and Tahor, so it could be pure, unpure, clean, or unclean. I would say simply what is permitted has certain status and other things that have other pro- uh, prohibited or permitted status. And between animals that may be eaten and between wild animals that uh, may not be eaten. But the question I'd like to address here is why Yitzit Mitzrayim is referenced. So the Rav actually raises this issue and tries to explain the connection between the laws of forbidden foods and the exodus from Egypt. And he really notes that there must be a unifying idea determining when the Torah invokes the exodus uh, for particular mitzvot, whether it's talking about Shabbat, whether it's talking about uh, treating others fairly, it talks about us being strangers. So there are multiple avenues, but the Rav focuses on one here. And he writes the following. What is forbidden here, quote, is overindulgence in satisfying human corporeal needs and drives. These mitzvot belong to the category of discipline of the body and its sanctification. Judaism does not reject the body. The body is part of man, and so is the spirit, the soul. But the body should not be that of a savage. It should, not be, it should be a disciplined body, one capable of refraining and retreating from certain actions that promise much pleasure. The body must be sanctified and elevated. Both forbidden foods and forbidden sexual activities come under one caption in the Rambam Maimonides Code, the Book of Holiness, Kiddushah. He says, he goes on, quote, I'll tell you frankly that it is easy to go into a synagogue and pray for an hour with sincerity and dedication, but it is very difficult to discipline one's body. Nonetheless, Judaism is interested in taking physiological functions stemming from natural, spontaneous, primitive drives in man and converting them into a service of the Almighty, into Avodah. He quotes the Pasuk in Mishle, In all your ways know him, Find him not only when you are in synagogue on Yom Kippur for Ne'ilah, find him when you are in your office, your dining room, your bedroom, in public and in private life. This is the meaning of do not follow the ways of the land of Egypt. End quote. So the Rav explains that our exodus from Egypt is mentioned when concepts of Kiddushah, holiness, are referenced. Egypt was a pagan and pleasure-seeking society. The phrase as I explained, literally means who elevated you from the land of Egypt. 
the Rav notes the immense challenge of exerting self-control over one's body, but this is nonetheless required of us and is a form of avodah, service. We must express our unique mission and the Torah's high standards for man in all aspects of our lives. So I couldn't help but consider this section in the context of the broader Parsha here. And perhaps Parsha Shemini draws our attention to the fact that discipline in the religious sphere is also a challenge. So let's take a look at the Nadav and Avihu episode. And it starts off in, in uh, Perak 10, Perak Yud in, in Vayikra here. It reads, Vayichu v'neharon Nadav Avihu ish machtato vayitnu vahein esh vayasimo la ketoret vayakrivu lifnei Adonai esh zara asher lo tziva otan. So the sons of Aaron, Nadav and Avihu, took each his fire pan, and he placed on it fire, and he put ketoret on it, the incense, and he approached before Hashem with this strange fire, which was not commanded of them. Next pasuk, So a fire went forth from before Hashem, and it consumed them, and they died before Hashem. So this is the chapter that precedes the section of the Kashrut laws. So it, del- it explains the episode of the inauguration of the Mishkan, the tabernacle. During the opening service, two of our own sons bring a strange fire, which was, you know, quote, not commanded of them. A fire descends and consumes them. So one of the questions that the commentators, of course, deal with when you read this episode is what precisely was their error? What precisely was the mistake that our own sons, Nadav and Avihu, made that deserved such a severe reaction? So the tour explains in his commentary on the Chumash, he says, Asher lo tziva otam, ein lo mar lo tziva lahavi eish zara, vegam lo tziva lo shalom lahavio. So, it's not saying they, they were not commanded to bring a strange fire, right? That doesn't make much sense. Nor were they not commanded to bring anything at all. Ela perush asher tzivui shelo tzivautam. V'chein l'chot tzivah ha-shamayim asher lo tziviti. So rather, the explanation of the error is that the commandment for this was not given. As it says um, regarding the hosts of heaven that uh, I did not command. So the tour, at the end of the quote, the tour focuses on the words which he had not commanded them. It is superfluous to say that they were not commanded to bring a strange fire, of course not. And it was not the case that they were not commanded to bring anything at all. In other words, their error was not that they disobeyed a specific command. Rather, their error was that they operated in the absence of any command. And Rav Hirsch goes on to explain that kind of following the divine objective is a part of the very fabric of any divine service. And so he writes on this pasuk here, quote, Offerings of one's own devising would be a subversion of that very truth which the offering is intended to represent. Such offerings would glorify personal caprice instead of obedience to God and acceptance of the yoke of his commandments. Now we understand the death of our own sons. Their death at the time of the first dedication of the sanctuary is a warning to all future Kohanim 
It bars all arbitrariness, all personal caprice from the precincts of the sanctuary, whose whole purpose is to be a sanctuary for the Torah. In Judaism, the priest's function is not to introduce innovations in the service, but to carry out God's command, end quote. So in conclusion, the human being is capable of elevation. The Mishkan, the tabernacle, as well as the later Beit HaMikdash, the temple, was designed to establish a space for man to pursue this divine objective. But elevating man requires the recognition of a code of conduct outside of his own creation. Proper avodah, service, cannot simply be an expression of his own biological urges or spiritual whims. He must exercise discipline in the realm of the physical and the spiritual. True Kiddushah, holiness, is achieved only in concert with the divine imperative, consistent with the Torah's high regard for man and his moral and spiritual capabilities.